نحمده ونصلي ونسلم على سيدنا ومولانا محمد رسوله النبي الأمين المكين الحنين الكريم الرؤوف الرحيم أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم اليوم أكملت لكم دينكم وأتممت عليكم نعمتي ورديت لكم الإسلام الدين حدثنا الحسن بن الصباح سمي جعفر بن عون حدثنا أبو العميس أخبرنا قيس بن مسلم عن تارك بن شهاب عن عمر بن الخطاب إن رجلا من اليهود قال له يا أمير المؤمنين آية في كتابكم تقرؤونها لو علينا معشر اليهود نزلت لاتخذنا ذلك اليوم عيدا قال أيوا قال اليوم أكملت لكم دينكم وأتممت عليكم نعمتي ورديت لكم الإسلام دينا قال عمر قد عرفنا ذلك اليوم بالمكان الذي نزلت فيه على النبي صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم وهو قائم بعرفة يوم جمعة أو كما قال صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم This is hadith number 45 and chapter number 34 chapter number 34 the heading is babu ziyadat al iman wa nuqsanihi chapter that faith increases and decreases this is aqida of imam bukhari and various aimma of aqida in islamic history particularly in that early classical era there were two different views on this particular subject and imam bukhari was one of those who strongly believe that iman increases and decreases so that's why he has brought the caption and the heading of the chapter according to his own viewpoint this chapter number 34 and he has reported two hadith under this chapter and i have recited hadith number 45 which contains this verse al-yawm akmaltu lakum deenakum and he has mentioned this part of the verse in tarjumatul bab also the heading of the chapter also contains these wordings of the ayah hadith says and that is again narrated by umar radiyallahu ta'ala anhu you say this is again a rebuttal of that particular viewpoint that Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala was against transmission of ahadith. 
you see many important and significant ahadith of holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam has been reported and transmitted by sayyidina umar radhiyallahu ta'ala anhu and this is one of those one of the many he narrates once a jew said to him o chief of believers ya amir al-mu'minin there is a verse in your holy book which is read by all of you and by all of the muslims and then that jew says had it been revealed to us to us means had it been revealed on the jews we would have taken that day the day when that verse had been revealed we would, we would have taken that day as an eid the festival day sayyidina umar radhiyallahu ta'ala anhu he asked which is that verse the jew replied this day now he narrates al yawm akmaltu lakum deenakum wa atmamtu alaykum ni'mati he quoted this verse had this particular verse revealed on us on the jews we would have celebrated that day as eid yawmul eid this day i have perfected your religion for you and completed my favor upon you and have chosen for you islam as your religion as your deen as your way of life sayyidina umar replied no doubt we know when and where this verse was revealed to the prophet now i would like to draw your attention to a very specific point that is just try to keep in your mind the nature of question the question which was asked by the jew and the person who was asking this question at that time was in fact hazrat kaabul ahbar radhiyallahu ta'ala anhu he had not embraced islam at that time and he was one of the great jewish scholars and then he embraced islam and he became so he became tabi'i he couldn't become sahabi kaabul ahbar himyari and he was known to be the greatest authorities of tafsir greatest authorities of tafsir aimatul tafsir and many junior sahaba used to ask questions from him because he was a treasurer of knowledge of torah and bani the knowledge of the books of bani israel and sahaba and tabi'in companions they then companions used to go towards him to ask many things so this person who was asking the question was kaabul ahbar now the basic point which i would like to you to concentrate on is that question is that o umar radhiyallahu ta'ala anhu this is the verse 
If it had been revealed on us, on Jews, the day which this verse was revealed in, we would have celebrated that day as festival day, as Yomul Eid. But you don't do it. You don't celebrate that day, particularly that day as a Eid. This is the question. Now look at the answer and try to understand the link between question and answer. This link, comprehension and understanding of the link, this would in fact give you a particular understanding on a very significant subject of Aqeedah. Sayyidina Umar replied, no doubt we know when and where this verse was revealed to the Holy Prophet And then he says it was Friday and the Prophet was standing at, standing at Arafat, the day of Hajj. And Muhaddisin have written, this was the evening time, afternoon. Arafat, the day of Hajj. So the question was that you don't celebrate the day when this verse was revealed on you. And the answer is, the answer given by Sayyidina Umar answer is that we know when and where this verse was revealed on Holy Prophet And that was Friday and the day of Arafat. What do you think, apparently? Do you comprehend any direct link between the question and answer or they are just distant from each other? Do you understand? Apparently. Very easily understandable. Do you find any easily understandable link and relationship between question and answer? Yeah? I'm not asking from the scholars, from my sons and daughters, general audience. Doesn't that answer look different from the question? His question is, why you do not celebrate that day as Eid? This is the question. If it had revealed on us, we would have celebrated that day as Yom Eid. They are objecting. And the answer is that we know when this verse was revealed in Holy Prophet and where this verse was revealed. And that's it. So now I would like to fill the missing link. There is no missing link in fact. There is no, I will go to other hadith also to elaborate the same concept. So Sayyidina Umar he replies, yes we do celebrate that day as the festival in Yomul Eid. This is actually his answer. Because it is absolutely impossible that Sayyidina a man of Umar's caliber would reply a question which is totally non-relevant with the question. It is impossible. And if now I am giving you the reason. 
if Sayyidina Umar through this answer had not properly and positively and expressly and directly and categorically if he had not replied his question he would have repeated his question in another way he would have said I have not received the answer of my question what he said he would have said that I have not received my answer my question is about the celebration of that day as festival when that particular verse was revealed and you are telling me that we know when was it revealed and where it was revealed the Jew Kabul Ahbar, a scholar and he is not a common man he is a scholar great scholar authority and he is satisfied with the answer he does not counter this reply he is satisfied he, he became silent it means he got the answer on that particular point of celebrating the day as Yawmul Eid he received the answer Imam Ibn Hajar Asqalani says at this point Kasidna Umar gave the answer Bil Ishara Imam Asqalani says at this point that the answer was given to him but this answer was in the form of an Ishara He wanted to convey the message to him, yes, no doubt, this is a verse, when it was revealed, that day deserves to be celebrated as the day of festival, as the day of Eid, that that day deserves. So Sayyidina Umar has positively accepted his proposal. And he has answered that we also do, positively do it. And we do celebrate as Eid. And you are talking of celebrating one Eid. And we do celebrate that day as two Eids. And he received the answer. He said, Arafna zalik al-yawm wal makan al-lazi nazarat fi ala nabi wa huwa qaimun bi arafata since it was evening time and from evening the next day starts next day was Yom Eidun Nahar next was Yomul Eid after Yomul Arafa it is followed by Yomul Eid Eidul Adha and according to Islamic calendar the next day starts from the last day's evening So he said, the first thing is that this verse was revealed on Yomul Arafah and it has been cleared in other ahadiths and the shuru commentaries that that was evening time when this verse was revealed. So he's telling, that's why because of revelation of this verse, we celebrate the next morning as Yomul Eidul Adha. We celebrate it as a festival Yomul Eid. And secondly, it was Jumu'ah. And Jumu'ah is also in our religion Yomul Eid. So you are talking of celebrating as a single Eid. And we celebrate that day as double Eids. Double Eids. So this 
elaborates and substantiates a very significant part of Aqeedah. There are some people who have very narrow understanding of Deen. Very narrow. They say there cannot be any other Eid except two Eids. Eid al-Fitr and Eid al-Adha. There cannot be any other Eid. So when we say that the day of the the birthday of Holy Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Yawm Mawlidin Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, we say it is Eid al-Mawlid, Eid al-Milad. We say it is Eid al-Milad. Although they object, if we declare that the day of Mawlid of Holy Prophet وسلم, is Yawmul Eid, it is objected. And when it is said, this is Yawm Eidul Mawidul Watani, then it is not objected. When they say, when it is said, this is Eidul Yawm Eidul Julus, there is no objection. When it becomes Al Eidul Watani, there is no objection. When there is the, the come, this is the day of Eid of Incarnation, then there is no objection. So all other days other than Eid al-Fitr and Eid al-Azha, they are permissible. When the case comes to Eid al-Mawlid al-Nabi, it is objected. Just this is the matter of cordial link somebody has and somebody doesn't. This is the matter of love. This is the matter of love. Somebody is blessed with this ni'mah and somebody is not. So this hadith establishes the fact that that otherwise Sayyidina Umar Farooq would have replied, I suggest. Otherwise he would have said, you would have celebrated it Yawmul Eid, but we can't. This is not permissible in our Sharia. There are only two Eids. Eid al-Adha and Eid al-Fitr. We can't celebrate any other day as Eid. This would have been the appropriate answer of Sayyidina Umar. He would have rejected the whole preposition. That there is no permissibility of any third Eid. Whether this is the verse or any other verse, whatever may be revealed on any day, we as Muslims just celebrate two Eids and there is no place for third Eid. This would have been the answer of Sayyidina Umar. But he didn't give this answer. He gave the answer in positive, which means that Eid al-Fitr and Eid al-Azha these are two Eid and Eid al-Shari'i. And other than that, there can be an Eid al-Ikrami and Eid al-Hubbi. Eid of Hub. What is Eid? Eid is from Ada Yahud, the day which comes again and again. And the happiness which is celebrated again and again, it becomes Eid. So this is authority on the subject of Eid Mawlid al-Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Why? If a particular one verse is revealed on Holy Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and that day when single verse was revealed on Holy Prophet becomes the basis of two Eids so what would be the position of that day when Holy Prophet himself came down to the earth? When he was born we got the verses through Holy Prophet. 
we received the quran through holy prophet we received the blessings of divine revelation through holy prophet if a single verse the day when it is revealed in it becomes the basis of celebration of two eids then what would be the position of that day when holy prophet sallallahu himself was born and raised for this ummah and humanity so this is a thing which is established in the form of istidlal now i am quoting some other ahadith on the same subject on the same event and you can find all these references from my book miladun nabi i have written on the these are just evidences of the lawfulness of celebration of maulid consisting of about 1000 pages this is the biggest book the biggest voluminous book ever written in the history of islam on this particular subject not the events of maulid no just the evidences of legality of celebration of maulid just legality lawfulness validity permissibility and authenticity behind the celebration of maulid just on this particular point so it's page 374 i'm just referring it so that you may study it 374 this hadith now let me tell the aqeedah of imam bukhari he has brought reported this hadith four times in jami as sahih the first time in kitabul iman which we have already read again imam bukhari brings this hadith in kitabul maghazi babu hijjatul wida third time imam bukhari again reports this hadith in kitab tafsir al quran babu qali al yawm akmaltu lakum dinakum again imam bukhari brings this hadith in kitabul aitisam bil kitab was sunnah and imam muslim reports the same hadith in kitabul tafsir and imam tirmizi reports the same hadith in kitabul tafsir bab min suratil maida and imam nasai reports the same hadith in kitabul iman so we have already read from sahih bukhari and imam asqalani says in fathul bari under the commentary of the same hadith he says wa indi anna hazihi riwayah iktafa fiha bil ishar this is what imam asqalani says that sayyidina umar radhiyallahu ta'ala no gave a properly understandable ishara hint to the man who was questioning and since he was a scholar he followed the point that umar is saying you would have celebrated once and we celebrate as two eids at that day then the same hadith has come in tirmizi now here the words are more expressive and elaborate imam tirmizi narrates and says sayyidina umar radhiyallahu ta'ala no says and this has been reported by the second abdullah ibn abbas is the reporter over here he is the narrator abdullah ibn abbas he says sayyidina umar radhiyallahu ta'ala no called fa innaha nazalat 
فی یوم عیدین یوم جمعہ و یوم عرفہ he says یوم عیدین that it was revealed in the day which is already the day of two Eids so he categorically indicated that we do celebrate two Eids in the same day and again Imam Tabarani has reported this hadith and he says فَقَالَ وَمَا إِنِّي لَا أَعْرِفُ فِي أَيَّ يَوْمٍ أُنزِلَتْ الْيَوْمَ أَكْمَلْتُ لَكُمْ دِينَكُمْ يَوْمَ جُمُعًا وَيَوْمَ عَرَفًا وَهُمَا لَنَا إِيدَان These are the words of Sayyidina Umar وَهُمَا لَنَا إِيدَان And for us this day is the day of two Eids So he has expressly, positively, categorically established and certified and verified the fact that the day when this ayah was revealed deserves to be celebrated as two Eids. So according to Sharia, if the day of the revelation of a verse can be celebrated as the day of two Eids, so the day of the birth of Holy Prophet can also be celebrated as the day of hundreds and thousands of Eids. یوم الاعیاد یوم مولد النبی ہوا یکون یوم الاعیاد عید الاعیاد وائی جمعہ ون ورڈ اس جمعہ وائی دس جمعہ واز میڈ یوم العید وائی یوم الجمعہ واز میڈ یوم العید یہ ایک بیسک قویسٹن Again, Yom al-Jumu'ah was made Yom al-Eid because this is the day of birth of Sayyidina Adam alayhi salam. Although his birth took place in a different way, that is the creation. That is the creation. Yom al-Takhliqi Adam, Yom al-Khalqi Adam. Wa majazan naqoolu Yom al-Mawlidi Adam. Majazan, istiaratan. یوم خلق آدم ولذا جو الہاز اليوم یوم العید بمناسبت مولد النبی علیہ السلام جمعہ دے was declared in our شریعہ to be یوم العید because this is the day of مولد of سیدنا آدم the first prophet first prophet his birthday was declared to be یوم العید حضرت عوث بن عوث رضی اللہ تعالیٰ عنہ ہوئی ریپورٹس and this حدیث has been transmitted in سنن ابی داؤد حدیث نمبر 1047 and the same which I am going to quote has been reported in النسائی سنن and ابن ماجہ it is reported that inna min afdali ayyamikum yawm al-jum'ah feehi khuliqa adam this jum'ah has been made the best of the days why? because this is the day of birth of Sayyidina Adam khalq of Sayyidina Adam alayhi salam and Ibn Majah and Tabarani reports inna haza yawm u'eedin ja'alahu allahu lil muslimin 
because of the birth of Sayyidina Adam alayhi salam, this day, Juma has been made the Yom of Eid. So these hadiths establish the fact that the day of birth of the prophets are declared by Almighty Allah the day of Eid, the day of festival. And again, another hadith reported by Sayyidina Abu Hurairah and transmitted by Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal and Imam Ibn Khuzayma and Imam Hakim bin Al-Mustadrak. He says, Inna yawm al-jumu'ate yawm Eidin. Yawm Eidin. The day of Jum'ah is the yawm of Eid for you. That's why this yawm al-jumu'ah has been ordained to be celebrated like a festival. You go and have shower, change your clothes, have scent on your clothes, dress yourself properly, then come to Juma and sit in the Juma. So the Juma is the birthday of Sayyidina Adam. It is celebrated, the birthday. The same way as stated by Sayyidina Yahya alayhi salam, Salamun alayhi yawma vulida wa yawma yamut wa yawma yub'asu hayya. Salamun alayhi yawma vulida. So the birthday of the Prophet has been emphasized as a special day. Day of festivity. So their special salams are to be sent on the day when he was born. And the statement of Sayyidina Isa alayhi salam which has been quoted in Quran. Salamu alayya yawma vulittu wa yawma amutu wa yawma ubasu hayya. And salam on me on my birthday. So the birthday is a Quranic concept. Is the concept of Sunnah. Is the concept of Sharia. And there is the concept of festivity in the birthdays of Prophet. So this was the basis of this hadith. The basic Aqidah point which is inferred from it. Now next hadith. There is hadith number 50. And again, this is Kitabul Iman, chapter 37. Babu Suwali Jibreel and Nabiya sallallahu alayhi wa sallam anil imani wal islami wal ihsan. Haddasana Musaddadun Kala, Haddasana Ismail ibn Ibrahim, Akbaran Abu Hayyan at Taymiyu, and Abi Zurah. أن أبي هريرة قال كان النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم بارزا يوما للناس فتاه جبريل فقال ما الإيمان قال الإيمان وأن تؤمن بالله وملائكته وبكلكائه ورسله وتؤمن بالباس قال ما الإسلام قال الإسلام وأن تعبد الله بلا تشرك به وتقيم الصلاة وتودي الزكاة والمفروض وتصوم رمضان قال ما الإسلام قال أن تعبد الله كأنك تراف وإن لم تكن تراف إنه يراك قال ما تسعى قال ما المسؤول عنها بعلم من السائل وسأخبرك عن أشراتها إذا بردت الأمة ربا وإذا تتابل رعات الإبل أبوهم في البنيان في خمس لا يعلمون إلا الله ثم تلا النبي إن الله عنده المسألة ألا يسمع أدبر فقال ردوه فلم يروه شيء فقال هذا جبريل جاء يعلمكم الناس دينكم قال أبو عبد الله جعل ذلك كله من الإيمان أو كما قال This is a hadith Holy Prophet and Imam Bukhari says he has made the heading of three words 
Jibreel Amin, Jibreel alayhi salam, he asked three questions, or rather four questions, but we are discussing about the three. Al-Iman, Al-Islam, Al-Ihsan. Sir Seedna Jibreel, the same hadith has been reported in Bukhari and in Muslim. So this is Muttafaq alayhi. Holy Prophet was sitting and the companions was sitting in his company in a circle when Sayyidina Jibreel Amin came. And it is narrated by Sayyidina Abu Huraira. One day while the Prophet was sitting out for the people, a man, the angel, Jibreel, came to him and asked, What is the faith? Ya Rasulullah, what is faith? What is Iman? Allah's messenger replied, faith is to believe in Allah, his angels, the meeting, believe in the meeting with him and his messengers and to believe in the day of resurrection. Then he further asked, this was the question about Iman and this was the answer. Then he asked, what is Islam? Allah's messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa replied, Islam is to worship Allah alone and none else to perform the salat, prayers, salat, to pay the zakah and to observe the psalm, the fasts according to Islamic teachings during the month of Ramadan. Then he further asked, and that was the third question, what is ihsan, perfection or beauty of Iman or perfection of Iman or excellence of Iman what is the excellence and perfection Allah's messenger وسلم, replied to worship Allah as if you see him as if you see him and if you cannot achieve this state of devotion if you cannot achieve this state of vision, then you must consider that he is looking at you. These are the three main points which we are going to discuss today under this hadith. So three questions were asked. Al-Iman, Al-Islam, Al-Ihsan. Imam Muslim has reported the same, but with a different order. According to Sahih Muslim, the first question asked was Al-Islam. The second was Iman and third was Ihsan. Reply given by Holy Prophet wasallam on the question of Iman faith you have already heard the tenets of Islamic faith was explained by Holy Prophet as an answer to that question that was the Tawheed and Risala and believing in the angels and life hereafter and revelation and the books revealed to various messengers and again it is explained and the Qadr the predestination So all basic tenets of aqidah, basic tenets of faith, 
primary and fundamental and basic tenets of faith were positively mentioned by Holy Prophet wasallam as a part of Iman. Now, he asked the second question about Islam. What is Islam? So there was a place to understand Deen. Imam Bukhari, in the end, he has brought a word. He says, Ja'ala zalika kullahu min al-Iman. And Holy Prophet, this Holy Prophet says that all of these three things were made the part and parcel of Iman. And in the end, what did Holy Prophet وسلم, say himself with his own words? He said, Haza Jibrilu. When he, after asking the question and getting the answer, he went away. Holy Prophet asked, Do you know who he was? The companions answered, Ya Rasulullah, we don't know. He said, Go and call him. When they went outside, they couldn't find him. Came back. Holy Prophet وسلم, said, He was Jibreel. Haza Jibreel Jaa Yuallimun Nasa Dinahum. He was Jibreel and he came to teach you their your deen. I am giving you significant points one by one in a sequence, in an order. If it's better if you could write them down. Holy Prophet declared all these three things as the basic part of deen. The world, so Holy Prophet has declared that Iman is deen, Islam is deen, and Ihsan is deen. There can be no dispute and misunderstanding on that subject. Holy Prophet has declared the whole sum, the whole sum of Iman, Islam, and Ihsan as a deen. Deen as a totality. The first question when it was asked, Holy Prophet answered the tenets of faith. These were the basics of Aqeedah, Iman. It is finished. Now there was definitely a room for another question because anything related to the practice, related to Amal, was not mentioned in that question. So when he asked Mal Islam, then Holy Prophet ﷺ mentioned the five fundamentals of Islam, the basic and fundamental practices of Islam. Aqidah was the foundation. It was an act of heart, foundation, act of faith. Then there was the building, construction based on five pillars, five fundamental practices of Shahada, and then Iqamatul Salah and Ita'ul Zakah and Saum and Hajj. There is mention in other hadith. Hajj is also added. So, by answering these two questions, apparently, some people who deny the existence, the significance, the relevance, and the need of the third aspect in Deen. It is very important for them to understand that apparently Aqidah and Amal, all basic and fundamental needs, 
basic and fundamental ingredients basic and fundamental elements which constitute the body of iman and which constitute the body of islam they have been mentioned even then sayyidna jibril he asked the third question then ya rasulullah what is ihsan it means that according to him there was still a room a place left something was left in deen after iman and islam holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he would have said answered jibril what are you asking about deen is just either aqeedah or practice the basic ingredients the basic tenets of faith i have given to you and the basic fundamentals of islamic practice i have already mentioned so nothing is left and deen is complete deen is complete nothing is left there is no need of asking any third question no need of asking any third question still he asked and holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam replied it means that there is a place of third thing so to consider that just deen is just either the aqeedah and the practice and nothing else is needed in islam and whatever you add in aqeedah and the practice then that would become bidah innovation that would become an addition so that is totally wrong this amounts to mazallah rebuttal of the prophet's order commandment so third question was asked what is ihsan what is the excellence what is the perfection you tell me is there no perfection in aqeedah and iman does iman lacks perfection what is iman it is tawhid it is risala it is faith and belief in life hereafter and all the thing basic tenets which are supposed to be believed in and when you say iqamatu salah and ita'u zakah and saum and hajj of ramadan do all these things lack of perfection no there is a perfection in practice so instead of these two things when these two things were categorically mentioned still jibril is asking ya rasulullah then what is perfection what is ihsan what is the excellence so it means there is a stage of excellence there is a stage of perfection which comes after aqeedah and practice which is followed aqeedah is followed by practice and practice is followed by something which is known as excellence and perfection and ihsan so it means if you don't perform ihsan in your life so you lack the perfection of iman and islam in the same way as without practicing islam aqeedah remains naqis and incomplete and imperfect in the same way without ihsan the practice of islam remains incomplete or imperfect so what was the question answer to the question of ihsan holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said al ihsanu an ta'budallaha 
Ihsan is that if you see him, you should worship Almighty Allah, you should pray, you should worship in a way as if you are, as if you see him in a particular state of vision. And if you cannot achieve this state of vision, then at least your condition and your state of heart should be that he is looking at you. There are two levels mentioned in this third portion of Hadith Al-Ihsan. You should worship Almighty Allah in a state of heart, in a spiritual state, as if you see him, this is the higher level, in a state of vision. And if you can't achieve this state, this hal is not achievable, attainable for you, then your hal, your state, spiritual state, should be at least that he is looking at you. He says the higher state is mushahada and the lower state is muraqaba. So there is no muraqaba. So muraqaba is the first stage if you can't <coughs> achieve the state of vision. Then this condition that he looks at you, this is muraqaba. And achieving the state of vision as, as if you are seeing him. You are seeing his beauty. You are seeing his light in your heart. This is mushahada. Now let me tell, neither the muraqaba nor the mushahada, both of these are neither the part of iman nor the part of Islam. These are the part of Islam. What is Iman? It is a faith. Iqrarum bilisan wa tasdikum bil qalb. You accept certain tenets of faith with your mouth and you verify them through your heart. You, from your heart you also testify them. You don't deny them in your heart. And there is no doubt in your heart about whatever you declare through your mouth. So this consistency and consonance between your utterance and your condition of heart is the faith. Iqrar and tasdeeq. Certification of whatever you utter. So there is no muraqaba in here and there is no mushahada in here. Then we come to the prayer. Then we come to Islam offering a prayer. Any common person performs evolution wudu. He knows these are the faraid, wajibat and sunan. And he performs four circles of salatul zuhr. Two circles of salatul fajr. Cycles of salatul fajr. Four cycles in salatul zuhr. Four cycles in salatul asr. And so on and so forth. And he doesn't know anything except subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika wa tabarakasun wa ta'ala. He knows nothing except alhamdulillah rabbil alameen. He doesn't know the translation. 
he doesn't know the meaning what she or he is uttering from his mouth he is not in a position to contemplate in the meanings to concentrate in the meanings to meditate in the meanings and sometimes his mind is also scattering you will go back to your homes and sometimes you will stay on musalla pray mat for praying and your mind will still in the memories of this hall and this park sometimes your mum told you off and then the time of zuhur prayer came you started zuhur prayer and during the prayer you remembered your mum told you off even then your prayer would be accepted by almighty allah it is accepted prayer of zuhur you are a businessman a shopkeeper a trader you had a loss in your deal your heart is grieved and you are praying and an idea came to your heart came to your mind oh we got a very big loss in our deal but you are praying even then according to sharia your prayer is acceptable because the sharia and fiqh the conditions of acceptability of prayer the condition of the validity and acceptability of prayer does not require the contemplative condition of your heart it does not require the concentrative condition of your mind it does not require the exclusiveness of your thoughts in a single direction sometimes in your prayer kaabatullah image of kaaba will come in your mind sometimes they would be moving in medina and makka sometimes they would be moving in syria sometime in pakistan sometime in their shops sometime in their mosques sometime in their schools so your mind your thoughts your ideas not in your control they are scattered they are moving around they are going here and there and you are still praying sharia says that your prayer is accepted good news why because the thoughts were not in your control anything which is not in your control you have been forgiven you have been forgiven so iman says you have prayed islam says you have prayed but you didn't get the sweetness in your taste you were praying but you were not present you are saying but you are not understanding you are standing but you are not seeing you are talking about but you are not enjoying the beauty you are reciting but you are not memorizing you are eating but you didn't you are not enjoying the taste you went to the door of iman and asked i couldn't taste during the recitation of holy quran i couldn't taste the delight and sweetness while i prayed i couldn't taste the sweetness while i did my other sharia acts so whether these are acceptable iman says 
I have nothing to do with this subject. I just deal with belief. Go to Islam. You went to the door of Islam and asked. I did everything but I couldn't taste. I couldn't enjoy. I couldn't drink. Is my prayer and acts of worship acceptable? Islam says yes. Because these all things are beyond your control. The knowledge. When Iman became a knowledge. In the early history of Islam. In a very preliminary stage. Iman was known to be Iman. Afterwards. When the Quran, the ulama, the sahaba and tabi'in and tabut tabi'in. They collected the ayat of holy quran on iman and they collected a hadith from holy prophet on the subject of iman and they compiled the details of the ayat and details of hadith on iman so this is became a subject when iman became a subject iman became a subject a new title was given to it and that was ilmul aqaid when Iman became a knowledge, a science of knowledge, it became a subject. Then the new title was given and that was Ilmul Al-Aqeedah. Then Iman was known as Aqeedah. Then other people came, the philosophers. The philosophy came from Greek and Motazila and Murji'ah. And there were intellectual and philosophical attacks and logical attacks on the Aqeedah of Islam. So the scholars of Islam defended the aqaid of Islam with arguments, with evidences, with logical arguments, with intellectual arguments, with philosophical arguments. So when arguments were provided to this aqidah, a new title was given to the same subject and that became Ilmul Kalam. Would anybody say that this is bid'ah? No. Because Ilmul Kalam is an extension of the same subject, a new title of the same subject. When arguments and evidences and intellectual discussions for the promotion of the subject and to promote the understanding more and more, when these things were added to it, so it became Ilmul Kalam. When the time was very simple and there were no intellectual and philosophical challenges over there. So then the people used to say Aqeedah. And when the days were very preliminary days of Holy Prophet wasallam, When they used to deal just with the verses and hadith. Then they used to say Al-Iman. So the same thing Al-Iman later on was known to be Aqeedah. And same Aqeedah subject later on was known to be Al-Kalam, Ilmul Kalam. Do you understand this development? This is how the knowledge underwent the developmental and evolutionary process stage by stage. Now come to the second thing, that is Islam. In the same way, in the early preliminary and very simple days of Holy Prophet the people used the word Islam. Then they wanted to know the details of offering the prayer, ikamatus salah, the detail of song, 
how the psalm is broken and how is not broken how many raka how many cycles and how many details what is farz what is wajib what is sunnah what is nafl what is mustahab what is prohibited what is improper what is proper what is recommended what is commendable what is uncommendable when all these things were added and the people try to know the details of sharia so same subject of islam it was known as ilmul ahkam ilmul ahkam so can anybody say that ilmul ahkam is bid'ah just you should say the, use the word islam no ilmul ahkam is the new title extended title of the same subject to make you more vast understanding of the subject then the people started asking many detailed questions the situations were changing the countries were changing the territorial limits were changing the geographical circumstances were changing some people living in this country some people living in this country the traditions were different so the practices were different so the so the laws were required to be known more and more so jurisprudence was added and the legal things were added and mazahib were added so the same subject was called in those days as ilmul fiqh ilmul fiqh so ilmul fiqh is an extended term for the same word ilmul ahkam and ilmul ahkam is an extended term for the same concept that is al islam my dear students brothers sisters sons and daughters the same happened to the term al ihsan the quran used both terms two terms at tazkiyah and al ihsan these two terms were used by quran so the same thing happened to al ihsan quran used two preliminary words one at tazkiyah stating yatlu alaykum ayatina wa yuzakkikum wa yuallimukum alkitaba wal hikma wa yuzakkikum yatlu alaykum yatlu alayhim ayatihi wa yuzakkihim everywhere the word tazkiya purification of soul this was used again and again purification of soul and at many places the word ihsan was being used at many places the word ihsan was being used in holy quran ihsan it was being used as holy quran says in surah yunus lil ladina ahsanu al husna wa ziyada and it was stated wallazi allah wallahu yuhibbul muhsinin Holy Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam was asked I am quoting a very significant and beautiful rather I would say according to my own mashrab intoxicating hadith 